Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 51 of Preston Jensen's podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Preston. Uh, Thank you for joining us tonight. And if you uh, have the time, definitely go back and check out all my previous episodes. Uh, A lot of good stuff to learn from a lot of great guests. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about uh, kind of my new edit bay, my new studio equipment that I've uh, recently purchased Uh, And hopefully it's going to up my game for this podcast and for my YouTube channel in the future. Um, As many of you know, I've had Tom Buck on this channel or on this podcast, and uh, I've got a lot of great recommendations from Tom. Uh, One of them being this Rodecaster Pro and the pod mic that I'm recording this podcast on right now. But I also just picked up the M1 Mac Mini and... To go along with that, I got uh, an LG HD curved uh, monitor. If uh, you guys are interested in seeing this stuff, Tom Buck has a bunch of videos on how great this setup is. And I kind of want to walk you through my thought process on getting this new equipment. And then the reason, uh, well, the main reason I got this equipment and then how it's helped me in my workflow And then at the end, I think I'm going to talk about some of the things I'm not so happy about. Uh, Spoiler alert, they're all very minor. Um, So basically, uh, right after my podcast with Jared Spink, I had some computer issues, and I found that uh, if I'm going to be creating this content, I'm not going to be able to create it on the current computer that I had. And uh, before I got this M1 Mac Mini, um, I decided or I had had a MacBook 13-inch, MacBook Pro 13-inch from 2013. And it's a fantastic computer. It's done all of my editing up to this point. I've run my podcast through that computer, but it recently it was really becoming apparent that it was not going to be able to uh, drive my content going forward. Um Uh, One of my last interviews I did, it took just about all day to do the rendering and stuff for it through Final Cut Pro. And uh, one of the reasons for that is because of my tedious recording process in Final Cut Pro uh, that I've been doing with my Rodecaster Pro. And in my last episode with Jared Spink, I found or I got a lot of great advice on how to make this process a whole lot more streamlined. So if you want to streamline your uh, workflow in creating a podcast and video podcast, go back and listen to that episode that I recorded with Jared. Uh, He had a lot of great uh, insight. Uh, How I've been doing it in the past is I've been recording through Zoom. I invite my guests through Zoom. I record the meeting on Zoom and I record it on my Rodecaster Pro. And when I'm doing the meeting with a guest, they see me through my webcam, which is, uh, as you can imagine, not very good quality because it's from a 2013 MacBook Pro. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to get the Elgato Cam Link 4K and I'm going to run my Sony A6400 as my webcam through Zoom and I'm going to use that and that will streamline my process. Well, the problem I ran into was that it was trying to push so much data through that uh, A6400 through the cam link into Zoom 
that I was having issues with Zoom dropping a bunch of frames and something to do with their compression through the Zoom software. I was getting terrible legs uh, with the audio, so the audio wouldn't match up with the mouth. And uh, there was a lot of weird stuff going on that uh, really threw me off because when I produce this stuff, I want to make it quality or as best quality as I can. And I hope you guys have seen from the beginning to now uh, the quality is slowly getting better as we move forward. And I think uh, this new equipment that I got is going to really help with that. And uh, one of the other things I want to get is a software called Ecamm Live. And that would allow me to not only match up the mouth with the audio, but it would be higher quality video for both me and my guest. And I'm able to add overlays and so basically when I'm done recording my podcast, my video is already edited, ready to be pushed to YouTube. Uh, the current situation I'm in, uh, I take the recording from the Rodecaster Pro. I take the um, recording from my Sony a6400 uh, because like I was saying, I didn't like how it looked through the cam link. So what I've been doing is... Uh, recording separately on the Sony a6400 and 4K. And then I put it into Final Cut Pro and I splice the 4K video over my webcam video in the Zoom feed. So if you've looked at my recent interviews on YouTube, uh, you can tell my guest is not as good a quality as me and that is not because of my guest. They usually have fantastic setups, but it's because... Uh, I'm recording the video feed through my Zoom uh, recording. So then I splice uh, my 4K feed over my Zoom feed so it looks like my recording is in 4K. And then I go back and I splice in the audio from the Rodecaster so that audio is higher quality. And then I go in and I add an overlay in Final Cut Pro. And you can imagine Final Cut Pro is really crunching the data here. You've got the Zoom recording, you've got the dot .wave file, you've got everything trying to be synchronized, and then you've got the 4K file sitting on top of the Zoom recording while trying to incorporate the overlay. So um, that's one, one of the things I'd like to improve in the future is uh, try and streamline my overall process so it's not as much work on myself and I think I'm going to be able to do that with this setup. Um, if you look at Tom Buck's setup, he's got the Hegbis Hub. And I did get that. Uh, the one thing I didn't get is I didn't get the Apple keyboard. I ended up getting a Logitech keyboard that has the numeric keypad on the side and it's backlit. And that's one of the things I wanted. It didn't look like any of the Mac keyboards that I was looking at anyway. Um, were backlit, and it looked like you had to pay extra to get the numeric keypad. So I saved a little money, got the Logitech. Um, I did go with the Magic Mouse 2, and to my surprise, I have found that I really like that Magic Mouse 2. Um, in the past, I haven't liked Mac uh, mice, I guess you would say. Uh, I don't know why. I, I've always been used to the Windows right-click, and with this one, you're able to do that. Now, you probably were able to do that with the old... Um, mouse system too, but I just wasn't into the Apple e ecosystem too deep at the time. So I've really liked that. And I've also really liked 
the fact that you can just use touch to scroll. Now, if you're using uh, another mic or or another uh, mouse, uh, most people are used to the little wheel that you scroll. Well, on the Magic Mouse, you've just got the glass, and you can just touch over that. Is it a big deal? Nah, probably not, but there's something just kind of cool and, like it says in the name of the mouse, kind of magic about it, and that's what I like about it. I've had... um, I've had a great experience with that, and uh, and as far as the computer itself, I have had really good luck. My last video that I edited on it, I was able to edit my video. Uh, I was working on graphics in Canva. I was working on, uh, what was it? I was working on YouTube Studio. I had a, n- a couple other windows up, and it was able to handle the entire thing seamlessly. No glitches no crashes, no dreaded spinning wheel. And that was one of the things I was getting a lot with my old computer. I'd make a couple edits in Final Cut Pro and I'd have to wait for the spinning wheel to uh, get done. And then I'd make a couple edits and then I'd have to wait for the spinning wheel to get done. And to be honest, as a content creator, that got very frustrating. So uh, the overall process uh, of producing my podcast um, what was taking me up to a day last episode took me somewhere around uh, 15 to 20 minutes and I'd say overall it took me around two hours so uh, yes the cost was great to get all this stuff but it has already been saving me a ton of time and uh, time is everyone's most valuable asset and so I've, I've been really happy with that. Um, a couple of the things I've been uh, not upset about, but I've been having to work through a few things um, when I got this set up. Uh, most of the things I got, it was just plug and play. The computer, you uh, plug it into the monitor, uh, plug in the keyboard, get the keyboard running, plug in the thing for the mouse, everything worked great. A few things you have to set up. I mean, it's just the generic Apple uh, walkthrough system. Everything's very easy. But I started to notice a few things that kind of bugged me. And one of them was with the Hegbis hub. And anytime I shut down my Mac Mini, it would disconnect the Hegbis hub. Now, I get the reason why it's doing this, because the hub isn't externally powered. So when the power goes out with the M1, it disconnects the Hegbus hub. Uh, Not a very big issue. However, then when you boot up your Mac, you get that little reminder saying, hey, you ejected your disk uh, improperly. And to me, that's annoying. I'm not techy enough to know if that's damaging the hard drive in the Hegbis or if it's hard on the computer in the overall long run. But uh, for some reason, that just bugged me. So uh, I looked at a lot of forums online, and I found that uh, some people were saying that, oh, if you just uh, buy a cable that's USB-C to USB-A instead of the USB-C to USB-C that the Hegbis comes with, that it'll solve that problem. Well, I got the USB-C to USB-A in the mail today, actually, so I haven't got too much time to monkey with that. Um, But the one thing I noticed when I plugged that USB-C to USB-A into the Mac Mini, it didn't recognize my hard drive 
in the Hagbis hub. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with this hub, it's a great little hub because it comes in the form factor of the Mac Mini. It's about the half the size, but it, it looks like it belongs with this Mac Mini. It gives you a SD card slot, a micro SD card slot, and it looks like three extra USB ports on the front, or actually four. And um, the really cool thing about it is that on the bottom of it, you can install an external SSD. And so I got a SanDisk one terabyte hard drive to go into this hub. So when I plug it in, I've got an extra uh, terabyte of memory. And uh, the reason I wanted to go with the hub is because I wanted to go with the cheapest M1 Mac Mini uh, because as everyone knows, if you're getting more storage in the Macs, uh, that costs a great amount of money. And if you buy the Hegbis hub, it's it's a lot cheaper for the memory you're getting. Um, uh, one of the other big decisions I made when uh, buying this computer is the 8 gigabytes of RAM or 16 gigabytes of RAM. I've seen many people battle out on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter on, oh, you absolutely need the 16 gigabytes of RAM or the 8 gigabytes of RAM is sufficient. Um, I decided I'll pay a little bit of extra money and get the 16 gigabytes of RAM. And I'm sure the 8 gigabytes of RAM would be more than enough for me because I've watched uh, some videos online and it's seamless for the people who are using that to edit. Um, I am uh, very happy I did get the 16 gigabytes of RAM, though, because it seems like everything is very smooth. Hopefully it continues to be smooth in the future. And uh, I'm trying to think. I was going to tell you guys about one other disappointment I had. And, oh, I, I remember now. Um, one night I came down to the computer, and I woke it from sleep, and the magic mouse was doing some goofy things, and I knew buying the computer that there was some issues with the Bluetooth on the M1 Mac Mini. Now, when I first plugged in the mouse, everything worked perfectly, and ever since that time that I had the mouse acting up, I just restarted the computer, and everything worked perfectly, uh, just like it did the first time I plugged it in. So I haven't had that issue again since, but I wanted to mention it because I know a lot of people have been having issues with the Bluetooth on this Mac Mini. And I know that uh, a lot of people say it's kind of finicky on wherever you have the mouse located uh, corresponding to where the Mac Mini is. Or if you have anything metal around the Mac Mini that it can mess up the Bluetooth. And uh, so uh, some of this stuff will take a little bit of getting used to. But overall, I am very excited uh, about all this new equipment and how it's going to help me streamline my workflow on this podcast, and it'll help me bring you guys better content on YouTube and on this show. Um, I feel like I probably will be posting a lot more videos than I have in the past just because of the ease of editing. Uh, when you're editing on an old computer and you're constantly getting the spinning wheel that Apple has, uh, it's not very fun, and uh, I guess i that's one of the reasons I haven't been coming out with a lot of videos recently. And so uh, I feel with this equipment and how quick it is, uh, it's kind of fun to be uh, messing around with it, you know, learning new things, and it's going to be fun to bring you guys content 
um, in the future that's going to be easy to make or easier for me to make. If you guys have any other questions regarding this equipment or maybe you guys want to talk about the Roadcaster Pro or the uh, Rode Pod mic, uh, probably the best place to leave comments is on my YouTube page. Hopefully in the future I'll come out with some more um, videos or something about the M1 Mac Mini the more I get used to it. Uh, if you guys have any specific questions for me about that or the Hegbis Hub, or my Logitech keyboard that I bought with that. Uh, that's one of the things I've been really excited about is that keyboard seems extremely responsive through the Bluetooth. I haven't had any issues with that. Um, I really like the fact that it's backlit, so when I'm working in the dark, I can see what I'm typing. However, uh, I thought about that after uh, I purchased this, and that was one of the main reasons I did get this Logitech is that it had the backlighting, but... I was thinking when I was typing a couple nights ago in the dark that I'm never looking down at the keyboard when I'm typing anyway, so it's probably not the biggest deal, but it's just something in the back of my mind that, hey, it adds value, so I wanted to go in that direction. Uh, something that was also kind of fun about uh, getting a Mac Mini is you got to buy your external components. It was fun for me to get a larger 34-inch curved screen. Uh it's amazing the difference on the amount of real estate you get on the 34-inch screen compared to the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, when you're used to editing on that small computer, you've got everything crammed onto that tiny screen. And when you get the big computer, it's amazing how much extra real estate you have to open up new tools and have new windows open and uh, that's another thing that's really helped my workflow is being able to see my projects uh, in a much larger fashion. Now, the monitor that I got is a curved display, and I haven't had too much time to monkey with it. But there's some cool features with the display itself as well. It looks like you can actually have multiple inputs in it, and you can run it like it's a couple different screens. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, it... It uh, absolutely looks fantastic from my point of view. Um, watching YouTube videos on it and uh, watching my videos on it has been an absolute pleasure compared to the screen I've been looking at in the past. So if anyone has questions on the monitor, uh, feel free to ask those on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram uh, or check out my website. And from there, uh, you can always get a hold of me. Um, on any of my social media accounts. Uh, if there's anything that I missed, please let me know. I just wanted to give you guys a very quick walkthrough of my workflow on my podcast and how it's improved with this new equipment. And like I said in the beginning, the setbacks I've had with the computer are very minor, and I'm sure I'll be able to work them out in the future. Um... But the one that does bug me the most is how that Hegbis hub is disconnecting itself. And uh, hopefully in the future, I'll have a fix for you. As far as the USB-C to USB-A fix that most people are recommending online, I can't say that that works or it doesn't work because the cable I got is not allowing it to hook up to um, my computer. And I got to do a little bit more research there. Maybe it's the type of USB-C to USB-A cable that I got. 
uh, and maybe that's the reason it isn't working. But uh, other than that, this computer has been an absolute joy uh, to be owning, and I've uh, really enjoyed. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, re-energized me as far as making content because making the content is so much easier. It seems like I can just focus on making videos now and I don't have to worry about if the computer will be able to handle this type of editing. Uh, now I feel like whatever I'm thinking, I'll be able to put in my editing and it should just work. I'm going to cross my fingers that it will keep working because it has been awesome so far and I hope that it works this good in the future. So thanks again for listening. I've had a lot of fun updating you guys on my editing situation. A uh, lot of fun stuff planned for the future. I've, I've been talking to a lot of interesting guests. Hopefully we can get them on the show in the future. Some of them are very busy this time of year, and hopefully I can get them on uh, l later in the winter or something. But uh, stay tuned for more guests. A uh, lot of fun stuff in store. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, it's been a fun ride so far, and I can't wait to see where it goes in the future. Thanks again.